0: Good morning. Right now it is 9:08 on a Thursday. Feels like a Friday. I am excited because we have a guest in studio. This was supposed to take place on Monday, but due to current situation, I had a couple like a blowout in two of my tires. It was dark, it was rainy. I was trying to get my son to school. Had to get a tow. But today there were no issues, and so I have Ms. Mrs. Stephanie Claussen here in studio, Stephanie, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, good morning. I'm doing really good. Thank you for having me this morning.
0: Thank you for coming in and thank you for being so understanding on on Monday. Whenever I sent you the message, because I was like, I know I can make it. I just be a, I'll be a little bit late or I'll I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll make it happen. I'm always worried because I don't want to, you know, I know a lot of times, you know, clearing schedules, it's not easy to do. But thank you so much.
1: Oh, this is wonderful. Thanks for having me back.
0: Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and kick us on to the FM, and we are gonna get right into this. If you're watching on Facebook. Feel free to share this video out. We are going to be spreading some awareness on, on sex trafficking, which I'm going to be honest, sometimes isn't the easiest thing to talk about, but it's reality. So it's something that we need to share and inform young people, parents, and everybody alike. Here we go. Good morning. This is KHEA Radio 99.5 FM. This is Kickstart. I'm Gardy. It's 9, 10 a.m. on an interesting weather day. It's not really that cold, it's not really hot, but we're having some we're going to have some fun on KTA radio this morning. So I have Mrs. Stephanie Clausen here. Stephanie, I'm glad that you're back. So I think is this your third time in studio?
1: It is, and ironically enough, I think every time I've been here it's been raining.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I thought about that when I pulled up.
0: Bringing the rain in. I
1: am. I'm bringing the rain.
0: Yes. So the first time that you came in, I remember that there was an event that was going to be taking place, I think it was at College of the Mainland. Yes. Can you share what the name of that event was? How did it go?
1: Oh, yes. So January, I think it was the 24th last year, we had our first collective event at College of the Mainland. And so the reason why we decided to call it collective is because um, in in the anti-trafficking movement, like I had said earlier, it's relational. You have to work together because not every organization... Um, does the same outreach or intervention Mm -hmm. or awareness or education. And so in order to really make an impact in our communities, we have to work together collectively. Yes. So we have a group of organizations. There's probably about 13 of us and we're called the collective group. So we started meeting and had this idea like, okay, we're meeting, but not a lot of the community is aware of what all of our organizations do or, you know, what demographic we serve. And so we decided to have the collective event and um, it it was wonderful. And yeah. you know, when you're putting on an event, and I'm not an event coordinator, I don't know the first thing about it, all I did was reflect on all the events I went to, what I liked about them, what I didn't, and kind of went, okay, let's do this. And um, it was really great. We had John Clark of Operation Texas Shield came in. and uh, What did they do? He really advocates on the legislative side. So okay. he's in the Texas Senate, and he's helping bills pass to protect um, our our kids. Um and so he just phenomenal. He came in and showed an amazing video. And I think it just set like the stage for an amazing event. And um, he shared his heart about how he got to the place where he was through some brokenness in his family that had occurred. And um, sometimes I think a lot of people disqualify themselves from serving uh, because of things in their life that's happened. But I really truly believe that our brokenness is what oftentimes qualifies us to do what God's called us to do. And um, then Love People Not Pixels came and shared about um, who they were and what their role is in um, this whole movement of anti-trafficking. And then we had an amazing survivor come and speak. And so I think everybody was there, kind of didn't know what to expect, but it was wonderful. And then every organization that's in our collective group had a table, and you got to go by and meet them and find out, do you want to volunteer? Do you have resources that you can give? And so... I think, I think it went great. So
0: Awesome. So can you tell me what Love People, Not Pixels does? What do they do?
1: So they um, fight trafficking by reducing the demand. And so when you're talking about sex trafficking, there's supply and demand. So a lot of organizations reach the supply. So they go out to the streets and do outreach reaching the women who are being prostituted. They go to strip clubs. They go to cantinas, illicit massage parlors. But then you kind of have to step back and go, like, okay, I'm reaching thousands of women. So that means thousands of men are purchasing these women. So where, what's happening with the man, with the men, where's this demand coming from? And so what love people, not pixels does is that they focus on the demand and reducing the reduction of pornography consumption. Cause what they found is that pornography directly fuels sex trafficking. And so their whole heart is how do we reach the man who is broken How did he find himself in a place where he's purchasing? And they also go out on stings with Houston PD. So when they do stings and they arrest Johns, they're right there to tell that guy, hey, we have this class that you can go through and you can possibly get your charges dropped if you complete this class. And so it's just uh, healing, really. They're all about healing that brokenness of why a man got to a point to purchase another person.
0: Yeah. Um, So at that that event that y'all had, there was multiple organizations there. I remember that we talked about it last year that there was a, a coffee truck. Yes. As well.
1: Yeah. And so Hebrews, Community Coffee, which I totally love that because I don't know, it's just so cute. Um, Jeff and his wife Marsha have this coffee truck and I don't, can't even really remember how I found them. I think a friend had tagged them in something on Facebook and I and it was their name truly that caught my eye and I just reached out and I said, Hey, we're having this event. I know that you're in the woodlands area, which is a little far away from Galveston County. And I said, Would you be willing to come out and oh man, he he was on it and he came out and he serves great coffee and just he has a great heart and he just I don't know. I mean, this is his heart and he's wonderful at what he does. So
0: I would say this is your heart too, you know, oh, making this difference. Absolutely. How how did this become like your calling? I don't know if it's for this season in your life or forever because i know that you were formerly a missionary yes and had you know been other places all over the world right and how did that end up switching from that being your focus to right here back you know well you mentioned you're from idaho this is even even home but it's in the united (laughs) states right how did this become your your passion how did this become your heart
1: sure so that is um i would say a complex question but it has a very relatable answer so like i had said with john how he found himself in this lane is through brokenness. And that's truly how our family, what had happened to us as well. So in 2015, we had um, sold everything. So at the end of 2015, we sold our house, we left our jobs, rehomed our dogs, um, everything. And we had tickets to go to Thailand. We were gonna serve two and a half years in Thailand. And um, uh, prior to that, we have three children. Our middle son, uh, when he was 12, we didn't know that he was struggling with pornography and you know where you know you you find yourself we were you know youth pastors and our kids were raised in church and like how does this happen you know what what goes on and and we were not equipped to talk to him because we didn't know we didn't know what to say um you have children i'm not sure if you got a manual when you brought your kids <laughs> home but i did not and so there's no like turn to page right. 72 to mm-hmm. talk to your kid about pornography and so we did what we thought was right and we took like this uber religious like aspect of like what would jesus say and what does the bible say about purity and unfortunately um, unknowingly we just shamed him instead of truly being able to talk to him so it didn't stop his consumption of pornography it just he just hid it better and then in um, 2015 so now he's 14 we were getting ready to go we have our tickets everything is ready and, um, he assaulted, um, a young girl. And, uh, it was one of these things where you just step back and you just find yourself in this place of going like, how does this happen? How, what, what do we do? Who are we? Did God lie to us? Like what is going on with our children? And we had to just make this decision so we couldn't leave. Um, we, um, we believe in transparency and we believe that, um, Secrets are in the dark, and that's where the enemy operates, and we were not going to operate in secret. So we were very transparent about everything that had happened, and we actually took our son down, turned him in uh, for what he had done. And uh, when you talk about— How old old was he? 14. Wow. And you talk about an Abraham and Isaac kind of moment where you just— you have to just say, God, like, my children are yours. And however this plays out and whatever happens— like we're truly believing that you are God, you are in control. And um, it was a really bad season of our life because then we found ourselves um, without a home, without jobs. We couldn't leave for Thailand. So we're just here going like, oh, my gosh, what do we like? What do we do? And uh, some friends directed us to a prayer group that was going on in Houston. And they said, maybe just go there, see what's going on. And and we showed up and it was a lot of organizations in Houston that are anti-trafficking. And we sat there and listened to them and just I mean but we were still just in a very broken part. This was only like 3 weeks after it all it all happened and um we drove away from that just realizing, okay Lord, if we're going to be here and we're not leaving, then is this where you want us? And it just seemed like doors opened for us to start volunteering in places and through through serving God and serving these women, we were able to find our own healing. Um our son is doing a lot better. He's 18 years old now. He's graduated high school, but he had to walk through a really You know, really tough thing He had uh, 18 months of probation and had to go through very extensive counseling and just as a family to walk next to him through that healing. And that's what's that's what love people not pixels does as well is if you're struggling with pornography or if your marriage is deteriorating because of pornography consumption, they have people to walk alongside you and help you through those healing processes. So through that, so what the enemy was going to use to destroy our son, our ministry, our marriage, everything god turned that very thing around and now we're using that as a platform to go alongside parents and say we we literally know how it feels or a married couple or you know and so through that brokenness god made this ministry lane for us so
0: how many kids do you have three three kids and um how many boys and girls
1: two boys so i have a 23 year old 18 year old 16. so 16 is our girl and she's a sophomore in high school
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, whenever you have kids, you start to look at the world differently. Yes. So I have a son who is seven years old and he's the oldest mm-hmm. and uh, my wife's pregnant and she's going to have, we're going to have another boy in, in March. And then I have a daughter that's two. So right now we're just like trying to juggle, you know, screen time. Like, do they get it? Like, again, if there is a manual for parenting, like the official, <laughs> I want the official manual, Right. I, that's the one I need, like the one like this one actually works. Yeah, it, there's a exactly. lot of content out there, but it all goes against each other. But, you know, you start to look at, at things differently yeah. and um, it just, yeah, you realize, man, things are, it's it's hard. It is. It's hard. It,
1: it is because it's hard to navigate. Um, there's just such a fine line for everything because you want your children to experience things, but yet you don't want them to get hurt, and you, you want them to see things, but you don't want them, you know, there's just it's so much like I tell people there's so many books out there about how to raise toddlers but there's such minimal books on how to be a parent to a, adult children that's I want to tell you I'd much rather have a room of two-year-olds
0: <laughs> I got some for you <laughs> I got <laughs> yeah. it's
1: just it's crazy because we you know when a two-year-old breaks something you know you're like oh you spilled milk it's okay but like when a 23-year-old you know, tires, oh, my tires flat, or yeah. my, all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, that's like $200 in this. It's so much more costly to be a parent of adult children. And yeah. I found myself apologizing a lot to my parents lately. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for,
0: I for think, what I did. Uh, well, my wife just tuned in on Facebook. If you're listening on 99.5 FM, you can always go okay. stream video of everything and ask questions and get involved on KHEA Radio's Facebook page. If you're watching on KHEA Radio and you have any thoughts, questions, feel free to ask though so yeah my wife just tuned in and then my mom before that minutes ago i was like looking down because i i remember you know growing up and i in my head i was like a perfect child which isn't the case you, might, you know right. is, not, is not the case but um what what i find different is the aspect from grandparenting to parenting i remember you know the way my mom and i'm sure it's like 100 times worse than like you didn't let us we never got to go to McDonald's and now my, you know, my son's like, Let's go to McDonald's. It's like little silly things like that. But it's just funny how the rules the rules change. It is.
1: And I saw that <laughs> even with my parents. I'm like, What? You would never let us do that or and you know, but yeah. it it is. But it is it's uh it really does take a village. Yeah. And so what's so awesome about this, I remember when we first stepped into this lane of ministry and, and I my parents were walking alongside us, helping us through our healing as well and I remember the first time I shared with my mom and dad, I'm like, oh, we're going to go to the street. We're going to talk to women who are being prostituted and we're going to strip clubs and we're going to go talk to those women. I just, My mom was just like, oh, this is so crazy. I don't she she didn't understand because I think the Lord reveals things to us on timing that that we can handle. I don't like there's different things that make you do something that maybe I'm going like, well, that doesn't mean anything to me. And so at that time, she Um, Didn't see what we saw in anti-trafficking. Well, now, so fast forward four years. So we've been in this movement for about four years now. She lives in Idaho, and now she's all about how can we get involved in our area with anti-trafficking organizations. So I saw how God uh, made this important to her, and it hit something in her own heart about like, okay, I may be in my 60s, but I still have a role to play. And so, um, and that's the thing about all of this. And nothing disqualifies you uh, from. You know, stepping in and saying, "Hey, how can I volunteer, or how can I give, or how can I serve?" And so, yeah. there's room for everybody.
0: So, I know from conversations that me and you have had in the past, there's certain things that you look for in your community, like in a, even in a brand new uh, strip center. Yes, right. There's yes. certain things, but if somebody has never heard of, you know, solicitation, mm-hmm. prostitution going on in, you know, in Leak City, Galveston County, Pearland, like these places, it sounds like, well, that's not happening. Maybe in Houston, because Houston's, you know, big. Sure. And, you, you know, I read the articles and everything references, you know, Houston, whenever I look on it in on, on the news. Right. Right. Is there that stuff going on in these smaller cities as well?
1: Absolutely. So what we're finding is that Houston is really or has really stepped up their game to to fight back against um, exploitation and trafficking. But what we're seeing is they're putting the squeeze on a lot of these illicit massage parlors and a lot of these strip clubs and everything like that. So do, the, do
0: the illicit ones look like a normal massage yeah, place?
1: They do. They do. And I, I'll i touch on that in a second. because okay. we, we had something really great happen. But what's happening is their ordinances are a lot tighter than ours are in Galveston County and like in the Pearland area. So what we're finding is that more uh, massage or spas are popping up in Galveston County, Montgomery, Fort Bend. And because they're leaving Harris County because of the ordinances and coming to these smaller communities, opening up as reflexology and, and all sorts of foot massaging and stuff like that. And so you'll see kind of like, huh, I don't remember that place being there and cause they're new and they're opened. And, um, and so I think now, uh, I'm gonna, it's going to be kind of a rough estimate, but between about Seabrook and Friendswood, I think there's about 30 illicit massage parlors. And so that's 30 too many to me. And so Houston has over 400. That's a greater Houston area. But I think 30 is just too many for me. One is too many.
0: I mean, if you can spout that, that number out, why don't they just go and knock on the door and say, hey, stop, shut this down. Yes. Yeah, so You're done. actually,
1: we did have like this. Re- OK, so Tuesday night. Um, so through our collective group, we have a lot of like we had talked about organizations that come and are representative represented. So there's going to be love people, not pixels. There's be the light. So be the light does a lot of outreach in our juvenile detention facilities. Um, Providence Outreach Ministries does strip club outreach and illicit mis- spa out- outreach. Um, Hales to uh, Hails. Halos. Heels. Oh my gosh. This is a- heels to, Halo. uh, to halos. Sorry, Megan. Heels okay. to halos. So they do a lot of strip club outreach and they actually have an aftercare home for women coming out of the industry. Um, resource crisis center in Galveston that serves um, domestic violence and the community. Then we have embrace grace that also serves our single parent or single pregnant mother. We have the crisis pregnancy center from Texas city coming refuge for women who is out of Lake Jackson and they're, um just bought an amazing home for aftercare and so they're hoping to receive their first women this summer so this is really big in our area we have unbound houston that does a lot of education awareness then obviously hebrews coffee and then we're going to be there but i went out on tuesday night uh with Cecia, who is the director or the founder of providence outreach and we said let's do spa recon you know like we're Like some kind of spies or something. Just like
0: doing the research to see, like, is this place legit or Yeah,
1: so we went to 13 of them that night, and there was a new one where she's like, I haven't really got to this one yet, but I want to get to this one. And we pulled up, and all of a sudden we were looking at the door. I'm like, what is that on the door? And I get out, and it's a sign from Webster PD and the fire marshal that they had closed the spa down. So what's happening is people are starting to complain, or there's been complaints and they, this is what's so awesome about it. They go in with the fire marshal and they find things that are, uh, that aren't right. Code, just code. random code. Yeah. Yep. And so they shut them down using the laws that they're able to use. And so that's what, that's, that happens and that works.
0: Yeah. Not like prostitution Mm-mm. laws, like, hey, your sprinkler system, the door, yep. it's little, you know, things like that. Yep.
1: Yep. And so, but that's, but that's, that works. That gets these places shut down. Because if you can't prove prostitution is going on, OK, well, there's other things that we can do to shut your to get the door shut. And so that was really awesome where we just pulled up. And we're like, oh, my gosh, this is already closed. And so thank you, Webster PD, for, you know, doing what you do and keeping your community safe.
0: Wow. Yeah. You mentioned you ran through all of those different organizations. Yeah. Those are all ones that are going to be at the, the second yep. annual collective.
1: Yep. They're going to be there and they're going to have um, a table set up. And so if you're interested in volunteering or you want to know more about them, you can just go up to their table and talk with them. And so that's what we encourage. And the event is to to connect the community to these organizations. And so then, you know, we value our community. We love our community. But if the community doesn't know what's going on or how they can help, well, then you kind of have this disabled community. So, yeah, that's our heart.
0: You you also mentioned earlier that you're not you don't claim to be like an event planner. What have you learned from the first event that maybe you're like, "Okay, yes, now I know. I'm excited this second event's going to be this much better."
1: Yeah, so in the first event, we didn't give enough time for the community to go and visit with the tables. And it felt kind of rushed and th- but that was like the whole point, so I kind of thought, "Well, that was kind of silly not to, you know, put enough time." So this time around, we're opening the doors at 6: for people to come and get coffee and get a pastry and then they're going to af- have time to go around before the event starts so um they can come at six you can come a little earlier if you want we'll be there all day but well don't come at noon but um <laughs> yeah. i mean unless you want to help set up tables then hey, by there all means, there's come. always work to do <laughs> there's always work mm-hmm. and so um it's just an opportunity to come and and meet and greet and um, have some fellowship prior to the event, and then the event starts. And so, and then there'll be time after the event. And we're having it at a church, and so we're not gonna have to be like rush rushed out. But it is a Thursday, so I know obviously people have school and work and stuff the next day.
0: But yeah, with kids, like I was talking to my wife about this last night. So we have Wednesday night service. It starts at seven a.m. And I was like, Why don't they start? What if it started like <laughs> earlier so I can be in bed by by ten? Like, yeah. and she was like, We're old. I was like, Yeah, we're we're getting there, but. Yeah. I mean, it used to not be that way. It's funny. Now it's like, well, I want my son in bed by, by eight o'clock because yeah. he needs his like 15 hours of sleep or whatever. Something ridiculous, right? It is. It
1: is. But, <laughs> and that's what we try to keep that in mind. But we have a lot of really great things that are going on in this event that we wanted to make sure that everybody had an adequate amount of time to be able to share. and And so the people that are coming can, you know, soak it up.
0: Yes. So I saw some stuff on your social media feed about a movie where did an idea come from you know after y'all's first collective the inaugural collective event were you already brainstorming we are going to do a film we're going to do a movie when did that idea come how did it come into being because i think at the second annual is there going to be a screening of it
1: there is and so we're really excited about it um after the event last year it a lot of things came out of that event and one of them was um when you have an event at a public place, you have to get like a sheriff, um, like a deputy to come to do security. So here's this this deputy is standing there and I kind of look at him and and I said, hey, um, hi, this is my name. And do you do you know what this event's about? He's like, no. And um, I said, OK, well, it's about, you <laughs> yeah. know, bringing awareness to Galveston County about exploitation and trafficking issues. And he kind of bent over and he looked in the room and he said, where's the law enforcement?
0: To have their own table. like Yep.
1: And right. I thought, you're right. That is a good question. So then in May, we hosted a law enforcement luncheon where we had um, HPD Vice um, come down and we had um, DPS come down and talk about trafficking. And um, we had really, we had. Um, you said uh,
0: DPS, like the public? Yes. Department of Public.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of, I don't want to say they're like the FBI, but I think they are something I need to probably. Okay. Okay. So don't hold me to that. But they came down and talked about um, trafficking and um, different stuff. And we had our district attorney came to that lunch. And so thank you, Jack Rohde, for always supporting uh, what's going on in the community. And he had some of his investigators come and we had the Texas City police chief came and we had some undercover detectives come. So it was really great to see like our law enforcement is really wanting to know like, hey, how can we really you know, help what's going on? And then, but then prior to that, We had been doing outreach for about three years at that time. And and you go to these outreaches, and we do find a lot of value in it, you know, because we're reaching the women, and we're loving on them, and encouraging them, and and giving them an option to leave the industry. But then you kind of have this moment where you go, like, what if? Like, what if we reach the young ladies and men when they're 12 and 13, and we educate them and make them aware of, like, what's really out there and how they can protect themselves and keep them safe like what if we did that then maybe we wouldn't have to reach them in the strip clubs and out on the street maybe if they made the decision now to be cautious uh you know about their what they're doing online we won't have to reach them later and then all of a sudden we kind of have this i don't know like i shared with you like i have a lot of ideas and like
0: this is good
1: (laughs) it is but you know my poor husband has to try to help navigate so much of that so i'm sorry kirk that you have to deal with my brain (laughs) Um, but I just, you know, we said, well, like, what if we did this film? And it was like a, like a first person perspective of, of this young lady. And, you know, we just kind of had this brainstorming thing. And then my mom and my dad live in Idaho and, uh, she sent me a message and she's like, Hey, remember Travis from our church? And so Travis was just 17 at that time. And he was a high, a senior in high school. She said, he made this short film to try to get a college scholarship and your dad and I are in it. And I'm like. Oh my gosh, like what is what's really going on up there? And she says, Well actually I'm not in it. I filmed it for him and then I was like, Oh, this <laughs> I I need to see this. But then when she sent it to me, it was just done to a song, so it was acting, um done almost with,
0: like a music video type thing, um, but no, like a storyline over it. Or no, something?
1: it was uh like the acting but then, like, there was just music over, you know, overlaid. and
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: And so it was kind of like the prodigal son type. And so, man, it was good. And so... Here and your I, mom filmed? Yes, my mom filmed. She's she's great. and Cool. Um, and my dad was in it. And my dad had hurt his hip at that time, so he was in a wheelchair. So I'm kind of like, oh, my gosh, this totally just <laughs> fed into the drama, you know? But um, so I said, man, like, off the cuff, wouldn't it be great if Travis came down and filmed for us? And so that was about February of last year and then about March. And then he was standing in our living room in June and we had no script, no budget. And we just said, all right, Lord, like this, this is literally yours. And there's grooming techniques, actual actual steps that groomers use to um, uh, reach our children online through like social media platforms and online gaming. And so We just showed up at places and here's our cast, which my daughter is one of the cast members and she's so great. She just helps our ministry out so much. And we just would show up and say, okay, you say something like this and then you respond. What would I say? They'd be like, what do we say? What do I say? Like, what, what would you say? If you're, if you're hanging out, we wanted it like natural where, um, it wasn't Hollywood. It was as if you're sitting and watching this, this group of girls interact together and, and so
0: But it's different whenever there's a camera there. It is. Yeah. It was
1: funny. There's a lot of Or funny adults. Things. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because like in your brain you think you know what you're gonna how you're gonna respond and and you don't it doesn't make and then when you see it you're like, Oh god, that was terrible. Like why did I do that? And there's one part where um so I play the mom in in it and Was this
0: your debut like on the is. and like acting? Look at me. Did yes. you do any theater or anything in school? I
1: did, actually. So I graduated from Tech City High School, and I was in there. Um, I was a thespian. So I was actually, like, oh, yeah. vice president at one point. So um, so you
0: have a little bit of a background a to pull bit. from. That's a awesome. Little
1: bit, a little bit to pull from. And, yeah. you know, and I think it, because I believe, um, like, I believed in what we were doing. And I think when you're, when you're sold in, you know, when you buy into something, Mm -hmm. you're, um, you're more passionate about it. So, um, there's one part where I have to call the police because at this point my daughter hasn't come home and I have to call the police. And Travis is like, okay, can you cry? I'm like, Oh, I, I don't know. Like, this is so weird. And he's like, okay, if you can cry, that would be great. And I'm thinking like, how do you like make yourself cry? So I sat on the side of the bed and all of a sudden it was, it was like, I just thought like how many parents have made that phone call? And it, it just kind of hit me. Really like put that, yourself
0: in the role. Yes.
1: Wow. Like, like how many mothers and fathers have sat on the end of their bed? Like, literally I'm going to like cry. Um, but then had to call the police and say these things. And it was just like in that moment, I'm, I have like a fake call and I'm like, hello, and it just like it hit me it's like as a mom like wh- like what would i do if i was in this position and i just i did i was just started crying because it was it was very emotional and and then he cut and his face is like just staring at me he's like oh my wow okay we have to do that again I'm like what no so we had to film it like three or four times and um but it there's this film is truly our heart of stories that we've heard from women that we've come in contact with parents that we've talked to and so it really is based on thousands of real life events.
0: So this this film will be screened. Is that going to be the debut at the Collective?
1: Debut, yep, it is. And so we're we're excited. It's about twenty minutes, and so it's not like long. and It's not short. So, um, but we our heart is really to um, get it into schools because when you're talking about the demographic that this is going to impact, well, our schools are full of that demographic. So our heart is to get it into schools and use it as awareness and. Um, get it into churches into youth groups in law enforcement and and just and then not even just here in Texas right this isn't trafficking isn't a Texas issue it's a it's a global but it's a national issue so like how can we get it in the hands of schools in you know New Mexico and Oklahoma and mm-hmm. all those because those students are just as ri- at risk as our students here
0: right now it's it's 9:38 a.m. On a Thursday, this is Kickstart. I'm Gardy. I am talking to Stephanie Claussen with Missionaries for Hope, and we're, we're focusing on an event that's taking place. Um, when When is that event? What's the name of it?
1: Yeah, so it's next Thursday, January 23rd, and the event is called the Second Annual Collective Event.
0: Okay. So one thing that stood out to me that you mentioned earlier, you said online, and then you also said gaming. Yes. So there is communication that takes place in gaming, and I guess that kind of I didn't realize that that could be the issue like yeah. that that kind of stuff could be happening so that happens in, in gaming
1: absolutely it does and so you figure any platform that our students are on where there's interaction uh, via online is is an opportunity for um, somebody with ill intentions to contact your student or your child and so, and we're seeing it more where, like, there was that video where that guy tapped into the girl's camera, that young girl's camera in her bedroom, and was talking to her through the cameras in her room. And, you know, and the thing is, is like, there's people out there that their intentions are not good. And our job is as parents or as um, believers is to make people aware, like, hey, did you know? And so then that parent can, you know, better um, protect their family. And and so, um, yeah, online gaming, we're seeing that more and more that um, students are being reached through on- online gaming.
0: Yeah. The other thing as a parent that may be hard to keep up with is like new apps. Yes. New technology comes out every day. There's like apps where you can hide stuff and mm-hmm. Like I think of, uh, you know, new social media or like TikTok. I don't have that. I feel like I'm too old. You know, yeah. like I don't need that. But that's a way people can communicate and, and, and just do different stuff.
1: Absolutely. And so um, you figure um, there's always an opposite to everything. So if I'm on Facebook because I want to keep track of my family who lives far away from me and my friends who have babies and stuff. So my intentions on social media are good. But then of course, right, the opposite of that is, you know, not good. And so then there's those people that use the same exact platforms that we're all on for much different intentions. And so I think what it is, it's just saying parents. Okay, come on. Um, The world wasn't what it was 10 years ago. And now we have seven and eight-year-olds walking around with smartphones and they have access to every single bit of information under the sun. And we can say, oh, we put these blocks or we do this. But it's not enough. Like, we can't rely on another company to make an app that protects our children. We have to do that. So we have to be able to sit our children down and say, we need to have these hard conversations. We need to talk about what happens if someone does reach out to you that you've never talked to. Who who should you tell? What is really... You know, and sit down and make eye contact and say, okay, we care enough to say we're going to put privacy blocks on this. And it's not because we don't trust you. We love you. It's just that we have a lack of trust in other people. And so um, we've had to sit down with our daughter. You know, we just allowed her to have Instagram like last night. And pretty much what it was, was we said, you know our expectations that you're not to talk to people on social media that you've never met face to face. And if anything happens, please come and talk to us. And she's like, okay. Cause that's our rule you can't have people on your social media if you've never met them in person and so um but you know our, our kids aren't doing that they have 400 followers you can't tell me that you've met <laughs> you know i have 400 friends no you don't <laughs> so yeah. it's one of those things or it's just parents being educated and empowered enough with the right tools to sit down and say this is how this is." this is the truth of what's really going on. Yeah, those, so,
0: those conversations, you know, they're not easy to have. No. It's, you don't really know the right words to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, we, I mean, like our testimony, we found ourselves in that same. We didn't know how to talk to our son about pornography. We didn't know the first thing about it because pornography to us was, you know, in the 80s and Playboy and um, it was just a magazine and it's not like that now. There's they're so, oh my gosh, there's hundreds of thousands of pornography sites out there that are so easily accessible. And so uh, us as parents, we need to be able to sit down and say, guys, this is what this is what you should be aware of. This is this is how you should conduct yourself. Ladies, this is the expectation. You know, you if you, um, you know, don't pornography is such an unrealistic expectation of what relationships are. But with this hypersexualized world, people are looking to pornography for oh, relationship like I've literally heard parents say, oh, it's a good sex ed tool. Like, oh my gosh, like, are you kidding me? That is not, that's not reality because what is it? 64% of pornography shows um, abuse and, 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 um, and violence towards women. Oh, I'm really sorry. I don't want my son to think that that's how a real relationship should go. So it's really just sitting down, knowing those facts, understanding what they mean, and then taking your child and say, hey, we need to talk about these things. And it's embarrassing. But it's needed.
0: Yeah. Well, there was something you were saying earlier about the love people, not pixels and how they I guess they work with with guys and probably with girls too, to to help them, I guess, where they're at.
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, if you're a parent and you know that your child is struggling with pornography and again, like we were, you don't know what to do. You can reach out to love people, not pixels, and they'll connect you with like a guess like a parenting mentor i get kind of like somebody to walk alongside you encourage you give you resources and help you be able to help your child through this or if you're a married couple um they uh, they do um demand intervention so they like i said they go out with houston pd and when a guy is arrested for purchasing sex they're right there to say hey here's our card we have a class and that um, they're working with like Montgomery County and places like that to where if the guy completes the class, his um, his case could potentially be dropped. And so um, but it's a class talking about how pornography fuels trafficking. And it's and it's looking these guys in the face and saying, like, your purchasing of a person is not OK. And
0: yeah. How can we help you? I wonder if there, and maybe there is, and you, may, you probably don't have this on hand, but like the statistics of you know of that of that working, you know, like them taking that class, it actually hitting home and just not getting in that yeah. situation so again. So
1: 2019 was when they first rolled out that class, and so they probably don't have, you know, really great statistics yet. Um, but then you kind of think the only way you'd be able to know the statistic is if the guy either got arrested again. You know, so then you could be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. OK, maybe we need to tweak the training. But they have done a lot of research and they're very thorough and they're very good at what they do. And so I'm just believing that this class is really going to be impactful for it's those a, men. Yeah, it's a step. Yeah, absolutely. It's better than nothing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So let's see. Right now it is 946. This is radio.com 99.5 FM, talking to Stephanie Clausen with Missionaries for Hope. And there's a lot. There's a lot of awareness I think that needs to be spread. Would you say that the average you know parent knows that there's potentially illicit massage parlors and what to look for on a you know their child's cell phone or just signs if if they are talking to someone and potentially running away? Right. Do they know the average person?
1: Um, no. Probably. I mean, because that was us at one time. I mean, the only reason why I'm able to talk to you about this is because I've sat in events and trainings and conferences and everything like that. But this is me four years into it. So the average parent was me four years ago that didn't know how to talk to my child about pornography, didn't know about exploitation happening around me, didn't know that there was an illicit massage parlor right next to the subway that I eat at. I didn't know that because we kind of just go along in our life and we focus on what we need to focus on and everything else around us is just kind of a blur so um, this is an opportunity for us to say hey stop look around you talk to your children talk to your spouse pay attention to what's going on because when when you see it all of a sudden it's like you can't unsee it so when I go with friends and I'll go oh like we're driving I'm like oh like that right there that's an illicit massage parlor and all of a sudden they're like Oh my gosh, I drive this way every single time. I've never even noticed that place. And that's what it is. It's bringing awareness of like, yes, it's here. Maybe we live in Lake City or Dickinson or Texas City and we think our community's great, which by the way it is. But there's things going on behind the scenes that most of us don't know about. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do. Awareness.
0: Yes. Is is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you did want to bring up today? Oh.
1: Let me say, I try to write down little notes for myself, but it works sometimes and it doesn't. Um, Yeah, so one of our main speakers that we're having too, so it's a young lady who I think she said back in 1999, she entered the porn industry and she was in the industry for about seven years until she became a Christian and, and God's been restoring her. She's going to be speaking at the event. It's very, very awesome because you kind of get to hear firsthand that pornography isn't what Hollywood tries to sell it as it's not as glamorous as you think and then love people not pixels will kind of back that up with how pornography fuels trafficking and what does that look like what does it look like around you
0: that's like the first step yes is what you're saying yeah. yeah
1: so it's like we're kind of laying like this foundation of kind of this is where it's coming from and then this is what's being built off of it and then our film is gonna show like okay we're talking about the demand through pornography well, where's the supply coming from? And the supply is coming from online grooming. So um, Sergeant John Wall of the Houston Police Department made a kind of a shocking statement about a month and a half ago where he said 90 percent of grooming for trafficking is happening online. I mean, that's that's huge. And so when you look around and you see, you know, seven and eight year olds and nine year olds walking around with the phone, you kind of have to go, i I wonder if they know what's really going on out there. I wonder if the parent has really talked with their child about that. So yeah, yeah. So um. that's what we're excited about with the event is just being able for people to come in and say, okay, how can I get involved? And then we're gonna kind of do a call to action. So um, our ministry has partnered with Love People Not Pixels to bring a a training down here of how to shut down brothels. And so it's been in the works for about a year and a half, and we're just at this point where. We're ready to kind of launch that to take you as a community member and empower you and train you on how you can take maybe two or three spas and go through the legal process of getting them closed. And so um, this is we're literally going to take our community, say, this is what's going on. We're going to pull the pull the veils, you know, off of your heads and we're going to show you the truth but these are tools that you can use now to make these positive impacts in your community. So it's not just about like how I can be aware or educated or you, but it's like, how can we make our community safer as our children grow up in it and as we continue to live in them? So we're gonna kind of have a call to action of if you're interested in this training, then sign up and you'll be contacted when it's ready.
0: All right. Yeah, so we're excited. When, when is the event? Where is the event? Is there any cost associated? How can you find out more information about it?
1: Definitely. So the event is called the um, second annual collective event. It's January 23rd at Dominion Church located at 6400 Calder Drive in Dickinson. And so and then also thank you to Dominion for opening up your doors and allowing us to come in and and use your space. And so it's wonderful. Um, There's no cost. So it's free to the public. And we're going to have coffee provided. So come out and get you a latte and uh, pastry meet some really awesome organizations and come in here how you as just the unknowingly community member possibly can really truly make a positive and lasting effect in your community
0: alright so thank you so much yeah. for for joining me today
1: you're welcome thank you for having me
0: this is KHEA radio 99.5 FM dedicated alright Facebook uh, feel free to share this video you can ask questions on here as well and if I know the answer I'll get Stephanie to see your question or your thoughts. So, all right. Definitely. Thank you guys. Be blessed.